0: There is something about that name, the name of Jesus. And again, there's an opportunity to allow Jesus to reset you, refresh you for whatever last year brought and whatever was, as we've used the example before, there's a reason in your car, there's a small rear view mirror and a big windshield, because that's where we're headed, We got to see what we came from and what's behind us. And there's important parts of remembering those things. But we can't forget that we're headed that way. And what Jesus does in our lives is gives us the opportunity to refresh that. Now, if what we've just said together, what we've just sung together is true about who this Jesus is, then there's more happening than just us, as Todd pointed out in the class this morning. There's more happening than just agreeing to a certain set of beliefs or a statement that's made and me checking that box. Jesus is in the process of doing something a down payment, as I said, a deposit that says Jesus is alive and well today and at work is that I personally experienced that in my life. Each one of us should be able to say that. This past fall, we talked about that. It's called sanctification. Remember that word that we used? It's the process that the Holy Spirit is currently working on in our lives to make us more like Jesus. So we ought to be asking ourselves the question, and what better opportunity, what better time to do that than the beginning of a new year? In light of what I've just shared, in light of who Jesus is, in light of my belief that God has revealed himself in this book, in light of the fact that I come together for church and I go to connection group and maybe I'm in a life group, maybe I go to Bible study, all those things, what is all of that producing? Because it ought to be producing something in our lives. And how is that going to make me different this year than last year? Because Jesus is more than a name. As Todd pointed out this morning in the Old Testament, that name was super popular. There's more to Jesus than just this name. And in fact, as we've been, uh, as Todd shared and what we'll be looking at in that What is the Gospel course, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm trying to plug for you, you should be in that Sunday morning connection group time because it's important. There's a lot of people that use the name Jesus even in our culture today that might be talking about a different Jesus than the one that has been revealed to us in the scriptures, the one who's in the business of transforming and changing people's lives. It's more than just agreeing to a set of statements. It is a decision that we make to follow him. Now, Communion is that opportunity as we get closer to receiving the bread and the cup. There's, as I'll share in in, in a minute, what all that means, but there's a decision that has to be made. If I believe all these things about who Jesus is, about what God has done through him and what he's doing in this world now through me and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, How will this year, 2024, be different because of me making him Lord? Not of just Sunday morning, but all of my life. Not of just the things I'm willing to give to him. He wants to be Lord over everything. I mean, that's what Jesus is doing in his ministry. He is reminding Satan, he's reminding of the world who actually is in charge. And so demons must flee when he tells them to because he, they have no authority over Jesus. Even sickness, blind, deaf, lame, is eradicated in the presence of Christ. He is saying, this is my world that I'm creating And as I said when I prayed, even death, when everybody's gathered at that tomb or wherever Lazarus was laid, and he's dead, and everybody's crying, even death has no authority in the presence of Jesus. So what about our lives? Does Jesus have that kind of authority in our lives? Over my speech? The way that I talk to people? Over my... Finances, how I spend my money, over my time, what I'm going to spend my time doing. Does Jesus have authority over those things? How will this year, if if your answer is yes, if the decision you're making is to give Christ all of you, and as I said before, that's not just something we did way back when. We kind of can point to the date. That's something that. We can say every day we get up, God, I'm going to give you this day. And you can use it how you see fit. You go about your business, go to job, go to daycare, go to work, go to wherever. is Jesus Lord over that part of your day as well. This beginning Sunday of this year... I think is an important time to ask ourselves that question and to actually think about that. What's going to be different in my life this year because I'm I'm giving more of myself over to who Jesus is. What's going to be different in my life this year because I'm actually saying that Jesus can be lord of my life. Now I want, if you have your Bible, you can turn to it. It'll also be up here on the screen. Um, We're going to sing a song in just a minute here to get us ready for taking communion. But we've been in Luke, and I said we're not going to be in Luke the rest of, uh, I'm I'm done in that sermon series. I I lied to you. I'm sorry. Because I'm in Luke chapter 3 right now, and I was reading something that made me think about this because of what John was doing, he was really, John the Baptist was really, as he's preparing the way for Jesus, was giving a, an opportunity for people to do this. So I, I'm, I've only got verse 7 through 14 there because I want to highlight something that's going on there, but it's consistent with what I am saying we get to use the first Sunday of the year for, a chance to refresh, reboot, hit, restart. And let Jesus make things right in my heart and mind so that this year is going to be different than the last. That doesn't mean life's going to be easier than last year. My hope is, my prayer is for my own life, and I hope yours, is I'm going to look a little bit more like Jesus this year than I did last year. And so John is giving everybody that will come out to him. You know, he's out in the wilderness. It says that he's preparing the way for the Messiah. He's out there, he's preaching, and he's saying all kinds of stuff, and people are going out to him in crowds, in droves. And it says, John said to the crowds, coming to be baptized by him. They're coming for a refresh, a restart. And this is how he leads his message. You brood of vipers. Now, I don't know what the translation would be that for us nowadays. I know it's not something I'd lead with if I'm trying to get lots of people to come out to me. You idiots. No, I'm not sure what that would mean. It's probably worse than that. But that's how John leads because he's giving them an opportunity to look at their own life. That's, you're going to hear the word repentance, and that's really what we're doing there. We're taking stock of our life and saying, wow, there's some things that need to change. And so he hits them right away. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? God is going to judge the world, and he started to do that, but that judge is Jesus, and so what we're going to learn is this good judge is not only going to offer wrath and condemnation, but he's going to offer mercy and grace as well. But you need to understand the judgment we're under is what John is saying. You need to take stock of the year that was and say, wow, man, there's some things that would really change if I had an opportunity to do that. That's what today is about. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Take stock of your life, what was, look at it and say, hey, maybe there's some changes that need to be made. And that ought to produce something in us. That's why this year ought to be different than the last year. Spiritually speaking, your walk with Christ speaking, the forming of your life that God's in the process of doing. And he says, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Remember, these are lots of Jews coming out to John the Baptist. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Yes, there is a judgment to come. That's why we're taking stock of our life. That's why he's using the word repent. Look back and see what it was and make a change. He says, what, or the crowd says, what should we do then? If all this is true, What should we do in response to what we've just heard? John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share them with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. You know, they were the lowest of the low. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Because certainly this doesn't apply to us. I mean, we're we're way past that. We're really far gone. And he says, don't collect any more than you are required to he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, what should we do? These are probably representatives of the Roman government to keep order within Jerusalem where they were in this area in Israel. They're the lowest of the low as well. What should we do, they said. He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Now it's interesting to me that John does not tell any of these people that, you know, if, if we ever wanted to, you know, line some sinners up and pick them out in, in Israel, in, in John's time frame, we would all be able to pick out the tax collectors and the Romans, the guards. They are the worst of the worst of sinners. And what John doesn't tell them is quit your job, quit doing what you're doing, and just follow Jesus, or just come and be one of my disciples, because John had disciples, as we read also, the teachings of John, which were leading to the Messiah ultimately, just quit everything that you were doing, all of your past, that was all horrible, you were all sinning because you were a tax collector and a Roman soldier, or a guard for Rome, and you should go do something else, he doesn't tell them to do that. God can bring about something redemptive right where they are. He just says, Stop cheating people. Let what you believe about who God is, this idea of repentance, and just start living that way. Doesn't mean you've got to give up even being a tax collector or a guard. God can do something redemptive even with. The extorting that you did, the accusing of people falsely that you did, the cheating people out of their money that you did, and everybody else in between. God can redeem all of that. But it's not something that's done in private. So it's not like you guys came out to John the Baptist, you got baptized, you did the refresh, the reboot, the restart, and you left it out there in the wilderness And now you just go back and be exactly the same in your public and social life, in your family life. That's not how this gospel thing works. That's not what Jesus came to do. Our decision to make Jesus Lord over it all means it's not just something we do in private, but it has implications in everything that we do. So John's not telling these guys to quit their jobs because just doing that job, you're an awful sinner and you need to change completely. He's saying just follow God in his ways in your job, wherever you are. Because what actually happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life is he can use you and even your broken and messed up past even this past year, and he can redeem it for his own purposes. Now, for John out in the wilderness and droves of people coming there, and of course this is where Jesus went and was baptized, and this is where the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, it says, and they hear the voice from heaven, God saying, this is my son and who I'm well pleased That's the the epiphany part. This is God in flesh. The confirmation of God the Father, the Holy Spirit in the person of Christ. And what his process is doing is transforming lives. And that transformation has implications for every single area of your life. And that means we're willing to follow Jesus wherever that leads. And even if it's tough... Even if I got to make hard decisions, even if it makes me unpopular in this friend group, in this family setting, at my job here, in this social group, because I'm willing to follow Jesus wherever it goes. And it's not something I just do, like I keep a secret. People see it in my life, and I'm, I'm willing to take a stand on what I believe and why I believe it. I think, as I've been sharing with all of you, I think that's going to become increasingly important in the Christian church here in the United States of America as we see the culture in us going in two different directions. This morning, as we um, prepare for communion, we're going to sing a song to do that. Um, And then I'm going to have a word of prayer and then the ushers will come up. We'll get communion. We'll distribute the bread to everybody. And everybody will wait till the bread has been received by everybody. And then I'll uh, share the words of institution. And then we'll eat together and we'll drink the cup together. We'll do all that together. But John the Baptist said some important things here. You know, he how he led his message. You brood of vipers who warned you there to flee the wrath that is coming. There is a problem. All of us can say, every single one of us can say, in this past year, there's been something in my life that I know God wouldn't be pleased with. All of us can say that. There's something in my life that I know that deserves judgment. I know that. But today, when you eat that bread and you drink that cup, it's a reminder to us, something very tangible. I know you did that, Ted. I saw that. But I've offered you something to refresh. You you get a new start. Because in its place is grace and mercy. And nothing will separate you from me through the love that I've shown to you through Christ. So whatever that looks like in your past, maybe you don't have to go all the way back to January 2023. Maybe it was just last week or two weeks ago. God offers us an opportunity to respond to what he began doing. We celebrated that. Christmas is a celebration because of what Jesus came to do. What Jesus came to do was be the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. Not just the sins of the world, those people out there. For Ted's sins. For yours. So we're going to sing together a song. It's called At the Cross. And it reminds us of what God has done through his son why he came as we sing that song just uh, allow the words and allow the opportunity for the spirit to just move in your heart and mind and maybe the Lord's going to bring some stuff up in your heart in your mind maybe when we take communion we have just we're passing things out and we just have time to sit and think a little bit maybe God will bring some stuff up and the spirit's bringing it up to say yep Ted, I've forgiven you for that. Yep, I've forgiven you for that because of what Jesus did, because of his broken body, because of his poured out blood on my behalf and your behalf. Let's stand and sing this song at the cross.